Hey, welcome back. What's going on, man? Not a lot. What are you doing? Man, just just hanging out. It's Sunday. <laughs> yeah. It's Sunday. It's been uh it's been a good week. It has. Another week has flown by. Oh, oh, we're recording. Hey, welcome back oh, to yeah. the podcast. <laughs> this oh, is the All Thrills podcast. Who are you? Today, I'm Travis. Tomorrow, <laughs> no promises. <laughs> and I'm Mitch. You going by Mitch this week? This week, yeah. I hear you, man. Well, yeah. uh, I want to start it off by saying I know this is not going to air on the right day, but uh, happy anniversary to you, buddy. Well, thanks, man. Thanks. Anyway. 18 beautiful years with my gorgeous bride. You survived. Yeah, I like, I like what you said earlier. Your your marriage is now old enough to vote. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my marriage is old enough to vote. Here's the thing, though. Is it smart enough to make a wise vote? I believe so. Or does it need a few more years of maturity before it can make a good vote? Yeah, well, it's mm, it, it could probably stand a few more before. It, it really needs to understand the world a little bit more. 18 is, you know, I mean. I mean, I understand. I mean, I, I mean, got, I'm know. at 21, and I don't know that I don't know that it always makes the right decisions either. So, so your marriage is already drinking. Yes, it, you heavily. know, it's yeah. heavily drinking. <laughs> it's heavily drinking. Drinking heavily. Mine just got old enough to vote. Oh, so oh, maybe man. maybe neither one of them could figure it out. But yeah, but we're doing good. We're doing we're good. good. We did it the good. old school way. Yeah, yeah. Everything you know? about us is old school. We're we're yeah. very old souls. Yeah. I mean, we started dating right out of high school. We got married. Then we had children. And that's pretty much it. We we have a, besides the shop and everything that goes on here as far as the business, outside of if we just erase the cabinet shop from our life altogether, it would be very boring. I've never had a speeding ticket. Ever. That's, you are kind of, you did kind of go... And not in a bad way, but you did kind of go vanilla. I in, went vanilla, man. In, 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 in your later years. <laughs> I am very vanilla. I mean, now, we had enough fun in high school to, to, to count for it all, to be honest oh, yeah. with you. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, and we had good we had good clean fun. I think we talked about that a little bit in episode one. But we had yeah. good clean fun in high school. But, man, man, did we have fun. We had a lot of it. I can tell you that. Oh, for sure. Well, what's been going on in your shop this week? Man, it has been, you ain't going to believe this, it's been busy. Been no busy. way busy yep. in a cabinet yep. shop very busy what a good problem to have though right uh, yeah i did um so a few of the highlights this week um i did a i had a i told you about the guy calling me right and got me confused with the other cabinet maker remember i believe yeah. that was episode yeah. two we talked about that look we're we're so many episodes in now there is no way i'm going to recall I don't, what, yeah, what episode it is because um, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So. <laughs> yeah, that's I had to write down what happened all week, but I do remember having that conversation. Yeah. So anyway, I went and measured. I went and measured the house and talked to the builder, and he was like, "Super simple, dude. Painted shaker. I mean, in and out. You got an island, one sink wall, no overheads, couple of vanities. So we're talking one, two, three, four, maybe six cabinets." And I told him. I said, yeah, I'll I'll take the job. Nice and simple. I'll take it. He said, great, man. He was like, really? He was oddly excited. (laughs) I I mean, I don't know this guy. You know, this isn't one of my. Red flag? Is this a red flag waving in the air? Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. So the homeowner shows up, the wife, 
she shows up over at the shop during the day and I go and get the plans and whatever. And we sit down and talk about it. And it, it went from painted shaker. I mean, half inch overlay. We're talking standard equipment, right? Your normal cabinet setup. Normal cabinet setup, which is why I took the job. Now, oh yeah, uh, stained island. I would like it inset. I would like the entire kitchen inset. I do want overheads that sit on top of the cabinets with pocket doors. I want furniture style vanities in the master bath. And she's going to do a wall mount porcelain sink. Like picture a old restaurant bathroom the porcelain sink mounted to the wall, but she's right. going to get one that's four feet long that has two separate faucets on it. And she wants to do some sort of cabinet on either side. And I was like, what? This is, this is not what, this is not, not what I what signed on for. So listen, and this goes for anybody in the trades. I mean, yeah, it kind of was my fault, but I'm not taking the blame because I asked the builder, is this going to be simple? And he's like, yes. Painted shaker, nothing to it, man. That's why I took the job on. Yeah. And now I feel bad if I go back and I'm like, I don't really want to do this. Like, I don't have time to, you know, to deal with this. I was going to let, like, Trey build them or something, you know. And now I can't. Now it's going to tie up way more shop time. So, But I think I've got him talked out of inset. Because the husband showed up randomly the next day. And he had, he played 21 questions. So okay. he's in here, hey, I'm such and such as husband. I said, oh, okay, yeah, nice to meet you, whatever. Oh, I was just passing through, and next thing you know, he comes in. He's like, what material do you make your frames out of? What do you make your boxes out of? What kind of drawer guys do you use? What kind of shelving do you have? I mean, all these specific questions. What kind of finish? And I was like, oh, dude, you're just trying to, you know, you're trying to check on, which I don't mind that. Right. You know, I mean, if if you're going to pay somebody to do something, I would be, I would want to make sure that they were, you know, up to par, whatever yeah, that may just, be for you. It's just un- unique because a lot of people don't know the questions to ask. Right. And he is you a know. civil engineer. Okay. And he designs housing tracks. Oh. So the big housing company comes in. He designs the street layout, sewer, water, you know, kind of all that stuff. So he's like, well, I'm a little nervous, you know, because, you know, I'm not saying all track houses are like this, but down here the majority of these little single story, 15, 1800 square foot track houses. They're basically RTA cabinets ready to assemble, by the way, RTA cabinets. And they're yeah, just, they're kind not of like custom. what you buy in your big box store. They show up usually in a box. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I mean, they're going to spend some money on this job being inset and staying grade and everything. So, yeah. But the only part I didn't like is he, he knew he was unannounced and he knew we were busy and he just kind of, was just hanging around. I wish he may would have made an appointment, you know, so I could have got a little bit more, got my guys a little bit more ready, you know. But anyway, it's not a big deal. So he popped, he popped by the shop? Yeah. Did, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. The, the day after I met with the okay. wife, he came in the shop and, uh, you know, wanted to know. Did you meet her on site? No, she That's came him? here too. She came there. Gotcha. Yep, yep. And it was so nice. My office is less than a year old, and it was so nice for me to say, hey, let's go back to the office. Right. And we can sit down and talk about all this stuff. And I had because, you know, when they when they used to come in, they were sanders going, saws going, dust flying everywhere. It's loud. I think we can't hear. And that's one of the main reasons I made the office. So that part of it worked out really good. 
And it makes a handy little recording studio. It does. And I've got some blankets, by the way, Uh-oh. up now. Trying to kill I don't some know of that gonna, echo? Yeah. I don't know if they're going to make a difference, but. I don't know. Drop us some feedback uh, if you uh, can tell a difference between last episode and this episode and, and Mitch's audio there. Cause yeah. Because we're yeah, still because I'm in, doing. A, I'm in a tiny wooden room. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so that was that was one of the bigger things that happened. Um, I had a customer call me at seven thirty at night, and she wanted a quote. And she was like, "You know, do you do cabinets?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." Anyway, she emailed me, but I didn't see it. It went to spam. So she calls me the next day. Your spam filter is bad. It yeah. really is. Yeah, it's. I've sent you how many emails, and it still yeah. sends me to spam. It randomly sent it to spam. Uh, I I have a strict spam. It's hey strict. Yeah. Well. But anyway, I pulled it out. I looked at it. I said, "Oh, here it is." And she goes, "Okay, well, just give me that quote." And she was about to hang up, and I was like, "Wait a minute! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, what finish do you want? What door style do you want? Do you want stained? Do you want painted? Do you want trash pull out? What kind of hood do you want? Like, what kind of undermounts or side mounts? Like." I can't just, it is in, listen, people, people, listen. It is impossible to quote cabinetry strictly off of architectural drawings and plans if there's no detail on the plan. All that gives me is the linear footage. It has, it does not have any information for construction methods, finishes, anything like that. You can't quote. All the, all the, it's, it's like calling up a, a car dealership and saying, how much is that Ford F-150 out in the lot? Exactly. Well, which one? Which, which one? Like a base, like a work model, or do you want a Lariat? Like, what do you want? Like, there's, there are options here and that yeah. all changes the price. I mean. So we, we quickly ran through that and I said, I can get this to you sometime tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening at two o'clock. Boom. I get an email and she said. The words that you never say in the email. Per our conversation yesterday. Yeah. I need those cabinet quotes. Now, I'm not behind on my quoting. I told her it would be sometime later, right today. You know what I'm saying? Per our conversation, I'm going to need that cabinet quote. And I said, okay, all right. So I emailed her back and I said, well, remember on the phone I told you how busy we were. I said, it's 530. I'm not even off yet. I have to stay late and do quotes and work on drawings and stuff. I don't have time during the day. So give me a little bit and I'll send it over to you. No reply. About an hour later, I send it to her. Send her the quote. Nothing. No, no, no follow up. No, nothing. Nothing. Please, please guys. Look, if, if you are not in the business and you're just listening and even if you are in the business, here's here's a couple of things that I think are important to, to kind of mention here. We think every potential customer is important. But you have to remember that if you're dealing with a small business, the likelihood is that, and I guess this could tie into one of our topics if we wanted to go down in this road, but we don't have a sales team that is out running these numbers and doing all this stuff for you. And we we have to do that as part of our flow. So we're either building, we're doing the administrative stuff, which is the pricing, the mock-ups, all that stuff, or we're trying to have a little bit of a life. Mm -hmm. The building and the mock-ups 
is about 18 to 20 hours of your day. The little bit of life is six to four hours of your day. Mm-hmm. And and six to four, that's including your sleep time. So if you're, if you're you know, yeah. I mean, you just got to factor it in. You know, understand that we do appreciate and we do want business. I mean, and a small business does. I mean, you got to think about going into like a little boutique store, you know, yeah, you might not get, you might have to wait on the person working the register to answer a question because she is the only person in there, right? But she is a small business. She either can't afford to hire anybody else and she's just trying to make a good business for herself and to provide service to one customer at a time. And I guarantee you, if you're patient enough to wait on that lady for the five minutes that you need, you're going to get her undivided attention. You're going to get everything you need out of her, but you got to wait your turn. Yep. And and it's the same with every small business. I think that is a very frustrating aspect is that, you know, but it also comes from people in small businesses taking advantage of that. You know, when I, when I go do a measurement, a draw, I, I say, I give me one or two nights to, to work this up and we'll get the drawings back to you. And then we'll start working on pricing from there. I need to get it back in those one or two nights. Like you're saying, you're on time. You're on time with the time that you told her that you have that time living hasn't even expired. Exactly. But do your due diligence and make your timelines. And that way people will understand what to expect from you because Mm -hmm. that, that expectation starts from then. When I tell you, give me a couple of nights to, to get a price back to you. And I, and I nail that deadline then when I tell you that the build is going to be done in X amount of days, you have more faith and confidence in me that I'm going to make that deadline. And the, probably the less that customer is going to aggravate you on your second deadline. And then on your third yeah. deadline, yeah. if you make those timelines, not, not, not every customer is that way, That's but right. for the most part, for the most part, they all, they'll flow because they've there. probably been done wrong by somebody before let's be mm-hmm. honest with you as frustrating yep. as it is somebody has said i'll get back to you and they're still waiting to hear back from that person and that was a month ago yep and you don't want to look i don't care if you're spending 100 bucks i don't care if you're spending ten thousand dollars i don't want to chase down somebody who wants my money mm-hmm. like i i want i want to do business with somebody who acts like they want my money like yep. it's it's kind of a relatively simple concept i think so just remember that from a customer aspect and from the business aspect, like you, you, you both have obligations to each other. Yeah. Hold, hold me, hold yourself to the same standard you want me to be. Right. You know, I mean, and the thing is, is you've got, I, I understand doing quotes as part of business, part of business. I get that. I don't charge anybody to do a simple quote. All right. Now, it's still just, and you slipped it in because this is how we operate. You said, give me one or two nights to work right. on it, which means after supper, maybe the wife and the kids are watching Jeopardy and you're back there in the office. You're working out a quote. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we have to find time to do this. We have all these timelines we're trying to keep in our, you know, in our schedule for we sure. do a lot of emailing, a lot of quotes, a lot of stuff at nighttime. Yeah. And and that's not me complaining at all. I'm just simply saying we just because you call me or email me at two in the afternoon, that doesn't mean I can shut the shop down and come deal with your email when when you're 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 jumping the gun. 
you know, yeah, I could be, I could be on site and, and exactly. And think of it from this back aspect. So if I'm at your house doing your install, right. Do you want me constantly answering the phone for another customer or nope. do you want my attention focused on your install? Because I don't care how good you are. If your attention is divided, your, your attention is divided. Then I mean that, it's simple. You're, you're just not going to be able to do a hundred percent of what you would be able to do if you're over to focus. Yeah. So, I mean, when I'm, when I'm on site, it's very seldom because one, I don't want to talk to another customer in another customer's home mm-hmm. because your situation, what if I'm doing you a deal? Like, you know, you, you've got this weird situation and you know, I'm working through this pricing scenario because I'm trying to really help you out in your specific scenario that puts me in a very awkward position with the current customer because I don't want to talk about pricing concepts because you may have something unique going that for whatever reason that you need help. And, and, and that, that more was more like the handyman stuff when I was doing that kind of yeah. thing yeah. that like, Hey, I've got this leaking shower. It's starting to cause damage, but I don't really have a lot of money to fix this shower, but it's also destroying my home. What can we do? Is there something you can do? And you start kind of working those scenarios, you know, and, and doing like a pro bono type kind of work sometimes or, you know, to try to help somebody out. So be patient and, and be considerate that small business doesn't run the same way as the big box stores. And there's probably a reason why you'd rather do business with that small business. That's why you're not on the phone with the big box store. Exactly. Because if you want me just to pre-made cabinets in pre-made sizes and have them on a shelf and you come pick them up, that's what you're going to get. Right. You know, press board, particle board. Yeah. And it's like junk. They're like, this is a small business. This is, you know, Mitch or whatever. You know, I heard, I don't know how she heard about me or what. I'm not sure, but she wants that personal, that, that, that attention to detail, right? That's why she is, is getting a quote from a custom cabinet guy. She's a local. I think, I think she's from somewhere around here. I'm not sure. But anyway, she wants all that, yeah. but you don't get all that just for yourself. I have other people that I have to be that way with too. And the fact that you called me at seven thirty and started talking about a quote, and then you emailed me the plans, you didn't hear anything out of me. So you called me again about the plans. And then I finally email you and there's nothing. You don't reply. You don't say that's too cheap. That's too expensive. Never mind. You know, what What was I thinking? You just leave me, and guess what's going to happen? This train is moving on, okay? We're running down the tracks, man. And if you – and I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I said, I guarantee you what's going to happen is, for whatever reason, she didn't accept my quote. She's going to run on to somebody else. They're going to screw it up or whatever. And then that house is going to be ready for cabinets, and I'm going to get a phone call. Yeah. And, hey, uh, yeah, you quoted my cabinets? Uh, yeah, the house is ready. The walls are up and primed. We're ready for cabinets. And I'm going to have to have a very uncomfortable conversation and be like, look, I never heard a word out of you outside of that. And now and now, guess who's going to be the bad guy if I say, well, I don't have time to do it. You never, like, we never had a contract. You never told me you wanted me to do the work. I guarantee you she's going to go, well, don't use Mitch, man. He he gave me a quote, and then he wouldn't even do the work. That's what they say on that, you know, yeah, that's on how that, that side goes. of it. Yeah. 
So, you know, you, you, there's nothing you can do. And but All you can do is go after it like it's good business, you know, do the best thing you can, you know, put your best numbers forward, put your, your you know, do business as you would under every other normal circumstance. Yep. And then when they do the wrong thing, you just you just kind of have to you have to bite it and it hurts it does because it's taking time and energy away and and all that stuff but it is that's part of business i mean i mm -hmm. hate to i hate to be that cliche but if you're going to get into business and you think that you're not going to um go and do a do a, a bid or a measurement or something and it's going to go through 100% 100% of the time you're 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 going to be very sadly disappointed because yeah. And you never know. I mean, it, you can kind of get a feel, but I mean, sometimes, sometimes they're insurance shopping. You know, sometimes they're they're just shopping builders. Sometimes they are in a fantasy land and they're not even ready to build yet, and they're wanting to get information. Or I've had it before, right? It's it's like, well, I get the number, and they're like, well. So really, this is like a job for like my mother-in-law who lives in Timbuktu, and I just wanted to see if the price that she was giving was fair or not. I just wanted to see kind of what mm -hmm. what a price around here. What I'm like, oh really? Like <laughs> you completely disregarded all of my time and energy because this is not even a job that's legit that I can do. This you're really yeah. just price comparison for somebody in another area, which doesn't work at all. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't. So be aware of that. But yeah. It 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 hurts. It does. Yeah, and I, it's just you know you, you're sitting there rushing me and rushing me, it won't leave me alone, and then just nothing. But like I said, I've had people that I quoted, and then literally two years later, I get a phone call or a text. And here's another thing: if you don't have to delete a text, don't delete it. I try to, I try to keep text in my phone, especially yeah. dealing with clients. All right. And and in this day and age, like I hate it because I am not that kind of person. But I will communicate by text more than I will by phone. Absolutely, because absolutely it protects us both. And yep. And sometimes you just tell the customer, and hey, and I'll I'll have a conversation with a customer, and I'll text them right after we hang up and say, hey, just wanted to make sure we were both on the same page. And I'll tell them, but now I'll tell them on the phone, hey, I'm going to send you a text because I'm I might forget the mm -hmm. details that we talked about, I'm going to put them in writing and we make sure that, so I have something to refer back to for later. And you just let me know if I'm right or not. Don't just surprise them with this like random text of per our conversation. No. Cause, <laughs> Cause then you look like, then you look like that person. Just yeah. be honest, just be honest. And, and yes, it's holding both of you to the conversation, but it is a legit way to go back and remember what the conversation was, because guess what? Yep. After I get done with you, I'm probably going to go and do two or three more measurements, yep. you know, before I do your build or while I'm doing your build, I need these things written down because I have the attention span of a gnat as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Le this legit happened this last week. I called the builder, said, Hey, I need a paint color for, you know, this house. He's like, I didn't send that to you. I said, I don't see it, man. And we do everything by text. So he's like, let me look, let me look. So we're both looking in the same, in the same text message thread. And I'm like, well, dude, if I ain't got it, I'm pretty sure you ain't got it. Right. And he was like, I don't guess I did send that to you. And, and I was like, well, 
just whatever it is, you know, just send it to me. He's like, all right, all right. Five minutes later, he sends it to me. And I have referenced that two or three times, yeah. you know, because it's written down and I'll write it down on that client's folder. I write it down. I send it to my Finnish uh, supplier and I say, hey, I need three gallons of this, two gallons of that, whatever. But then, you know, later on, if they say, hey, we need paint for the island, I go and I look at their folder and the paints, you know, write it down, keep your text messages. Man, they have come back a lot. And, and learn and how to me. search a daggum text message. Yes, you like, can do that. Come on, don't, if especially if you're the business side of it, learn how to search your text messages and go back and find things so that you don't look stupid and ask the customer two or three things that have already been answered that you've already discussed that are already in the messages. Like yeah. be, be more professional than that. Understand your technology. And and if you, if you're not good with technology, then as soon as you get that text message, put it in writing in a little envelope and, and a folder, like kind of like Mitch is saying, put it in a folder, stick it in a file drawer and pull that bad boy out old school if you need to. Yeah. But don't, don't bog a customer down with things that have already been discussed and answered. That, it just yep. doesn't look good. It it, yep. it it starts to degrade that trust. And yeah. you need and, trust. And in your text message, like if I'm asking a builder, I'm not going to say, hey, what color is this job we're doing now? Because when I go back three months and I try to find that, just like you said, when I search for it, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to have keywords of color, job, and now. Right. So I would say, what color are the Smith cabinets? Or what color are the Johnson cabinets? Or what color are the whatever cabinets? So in three months, I can type in Johnson cabinets or Johnson color or whatever. Right. And it'll bring up all those tastes. So, and you learn that over the years. You learn, again, guess what? Efficiency, right? Professionalism. You, you're learning this stuff. And, and don't take this as, and I'm, I'm not speaking for Travis, but he'd probably agree don't take this as we think what we do is perfect. Oh Lord. We're, no. we're, we're explaining to you how we're learning at that's, that's the point of this podcast is to, is let's all learn. Let's here's, you know, different things we can do to be a better business. Well, I oftentimes try to put myself as a consumer. Mm -hmm. If, if, if whoever I'm spending money with did this to me, how would I feel? Like in whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's cabinetry, whether it's carpets, whether it's, I don't care what it is because I'm a penny pincher. And when I have to think about how I'm going to spend my money and what, yeah. what I would like in return, you know, and the way I'd like to be treated, uh, that, that guides me a lot. Um, and it guides me a lot through frustration of being the business owner, because you're going to be frustrated by customers. They're your lifeblood that you need them without them. You have nothing. You don't survive but that doesn't make them right all the time. And they're frustrating sometimes and they're wonderful. Sometimes you have, you have both sides of that coin, but you've, you've got to learn how to process it all and, and just work through it, but work through it. Like you were like, it's your money, yep. you know, don't, don't look at it. Just you're, you may be the only person this person ever buys cabinets from. I mean, not, not everybody builds a house every five years. This may be their forever home and you're You're their cabinet guy. This is the only time that you're going to interact with them and that you're going to have to, to build a relationship and to get a referral. Yep, exactly. And I'm telling you right now, man, when you get your first referral, I remember my very first referral. 
I hadn't been in business long. I got a phone call and they're like, Hey, you did such and such as cabinets. And I'm like, okay, all right. I did. Where's this going? Good or bad? <laughs> well, we're building a house. And I remember the feeling of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I remember just, just, it's like my whole body just flushed and I was, I was, I was at ease and I was like, okay, this is going to be good. And you automatically have a better attitude about, you're not as nervous, right? Because they, they're, they, man, the best thing for your business is somebody verbally recommended you to somebody else. It's a great feeling. It is a great feeling. I, I say all the time, the, one of the biggest honors that I think of being a business owner for me, I think I think being a business owner is great. I really do. But being a business owner for a business that allows you in someone's home, mm-hmm. is I think that's just next level. Yep. It, it really is. Because you think about how many businesses, how many, how many businesses do you let inside of your domicile? Exactly. There's not and a whole you do lot. That, There's not a lot. Yeah, that's even more on your end because they're oh, yeah. moved in. Oh yeah, they're they're personal artifacts and papers and mail and stuff. And you know these people, man, some of these people have like collections in their home. Oh yeah, and they have stuff that's worth a lot of money. And when they look at you, and they talk to you on the phone, and they make a decision, and they say, "We're going to let Travis in our home to do this work," you know, because I yeah. guarantee you, dude, if you're sketchy, they're not going to do it. Right, and they're going to give you some kind of excuse, you know, as to why why they don't think, you know, they can get it done or whatever. But you take all that as as that's a huge compliment to be able to go because, dude, they don't have anything when I go there. There's no there's nothing for me to steal, you know what right. I'm saying? Now I meet them, and and what we do is a large portion of the cost to to build that home. You know, it's one of the bigger ticket items. But again, we're not, we're not that personal with them. Some clients, like I talk to maybe once, some of them are, are just like really open, call all the time. But you have to have a lot better relationship, I feel, with your clients after you have started. Because yeah, you're going to be you're, in there, you're gonna they're cooking dinner. Yeah, yeah, you're going to interact. With, it's it's kind of weird, especially what I was doing like when I was more in full remodels that you would see a customer for four or five weeks, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're there with them. You know, you're starting to know their routine. I mean, you're working, you get a text message. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a package deliver. Would you mind setting it to the side for me? So it's not in your way or, yeah. I mean, I was just fixing to say, Hey, I got tied up where uh, I'm in traffic. Is there any way you would let Phoebe out to go to the bathroom while, uh, um, you know, because I'm, I'm running behind. Oh yes, ma'am. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and and then what's, what's kind of weird is, is you, you finish the job and it's good and bad, but you finish the job, you get your check and then probably don't hear from them again. Yep. And that's good. Cause that means you did a good job and no, you're not getting any callbacks. Nothing's wrong. You're not having to go fix anything, but right. then just all of a sudden you just kind of fell out of this person's life. You're like, wait, I just spent weeks with you. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, I thought you know, we were you buddies. From them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I thought we were going to, you know, have Friday night cookouts or stuff. But yeah. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, you know, you'll get a phone call or you'll get a text message from them says, hey, I'm going to send your name to so and so be on the lookout for it. And you're like, oh, yep. thank you so much. Yep. So great. Yep. You know, it's awesome. And, and that I'm telling you, man, because if you screw up, you know, not really screw up, if you intentionally, you know, screw somebody over, 
and that word gets out about that, dude, it's it's that's bad. I've, you know, I've had jobs go wrong. I'm right. not, don't don't get me wrong. I'm, jobs go wrong. Things happen. Stand behind them. Stand behind yep. them as best as you can. And you know, I mean, I even I had a remodel job that had a it had a plumbing leak that just it was kicking my butt. And I was like, I finally said, look, if it's not right on this one, if if this problem is not fixed and rectified, I will hire a plumber. And we're coming in with a we're we're coming in with a plumber because clearly I am. I'm jaded by what I think I did right, and mm-hmm. I need to bring somebody in to kind of, with unbiased eyes, look at me. Now, luckily, the last time I got it fixed, everything's good. You know, it made that right. But, I mean, yeah, you, sometimes you got to do those things, and yeah, you lose money doing that. But but in the end, you gain it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? you, you want to lose money on that one job, or do you want to lose money on every job that that person could refer you to, exactly. and they don't? Yep. You know. I love those phone calls, man. That's why we do it. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. That's why we do it. You know, hey, yeah, this is Sarah. Uh, you did my friend such and such as cabinets, and they oh, they are just beautiful. Love them. You know, and it's like, okay, they're they're going to, that job is going to go a little bit easier because they trust you a little bit already. Yeah. You know, and, and having, and it's just, it's a great, it's a great feeling, man. I mean. I had a lady come in and she said, Hey, I want to stop by. We're doing her house now. And she goes, I want to stop by and look at hardware and find out, you know, different colors and whatever. And so she comes in and we talk about, you know, cause she's got different granite on different, um, vanities and kitchen is all different paint uh, faucets are different, you know, fixtures are different. And we go through all this, all these color changes and design changes and not changes, but we're picking out different designs for different rooms. And she was here, dude, she was here an hour and a half yeah. because we would, we would, you know, we would just kind of talk about stuff, you know, like we would, we would go down rabbit holes and stuff and then, okay, what's next? The bathroom. Oh yeah. Yeah. We got to do the bathroom now. And she got done and she looked and she goes, this was way easier than I thought. I was really stressing about coming over here and trying to pick all this stuff out. And I was like, yeah, we just try to, you know, we, we try to keep, cause do building a house is stressful. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and now you're stressing the whole way over here about what, and I, you know what I told her that kind of made everything. I could see her shift, her demeanor shifted. I said, look, if you want to go with black hardware and the master and you hate it, we can change it. Yeah. Like you call me and I'll change it to satin nickel. I'll change it to gold. I'll change it to oil rub bronze, whatever. It's not, it doesn't have to be part. Now the holes are permanent. You have to go with the same, you know, the whole length. (laughs) Yeah. But you can change the color. And she was like, yeah, I guess I could if I just hated it. I said, absolutely. I said, free of charge, man. I'll run down it. Dude, you're talking on the master vanity. There's four doors. There's two sinks, four doors. Everything else is drawers. And she lives 15 minutes away. Right. I said, I'll jet down there on Saturday afternoon and swap your hardware out. I said, don't worry about that. You know? And she was like, she said, I was really nervous with the home build about the cabinets, cabinets and countertops. I was really nervous about, but she goes, really, that's been really one of the less, you know, stressful items. Yeah. And now she did stress about the countertops because she had this tiny sample. And then she said, I want to see the whole slab. And she got there and she hated the slab. I've had that happen. 
Yep. yep. So she changed all that up. And so anyway. Yeah. Um, we're still talking about my week. It's all right. It's all right, man. I told you, there's no rules for this thing. <laughs> but this hey, is, think, I mean. If you think we're breaking the rules, just remember we also wrote them. So That's right. That's right. We didn't. <clears throat> but this is what happened. I mean, this is what the podcast is here. You know. Right. We're yeah. catching up. Um, I had, and this is funny. I told you about this, and I and I promised that we wouldn't talk about stuff that happened during the week. But I already told you about this one, so I'll make this one quick. All right. My the Finnish guy has earned the nickname, <laughs> and this what I'm about to say say starts with a G. Okay. His name is Glass Man. All right, because man, he makes them doors look like glass. I mean, they are slick. I saw He's your doing TikTok. A, boy, oh yeah, trying to go, trying to go TikTok famous on us there. <laughs> well, I did that first one in it, and it had jumped up to like two hundred views real quick, and I was like, "Dang, that's all it takes." So I just yeah. I ran another one, but but anyway, he's doing a, a man a fabulous job, and I told him that I gave him the nickname Glass Man. You know, because I'm like, dude, if your boss man comes to you, be like, we're gonna call you the glass man, dude. You make these doors look like glass. You could tell it. He was just smiling, you know, yeah. and all that. Anyway, this is, this is the same guy we talked about in episode one, I think. So it sounds yeah, like the he's, guy. The guy. So from we're Seattle. a few weeks in. He's he's starting to take off on you. So he's doing good. 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 He is he is doing absolutely. Now I'm about to lose him Are because you? for a little while, for a little okay. while, nobody nobody panic. But for a little while, his wife is due any day to have Ooh. a. To have their first child. Oh boy, he and, is. Well, when he comes back, to you, he's gonna be sleep deprived and worthless. Yeah. Well, little does he <laughs> does he know we do not have a uh, what do you call that a, a paternity leave. I don't offer that in my shop. I haven't told him that yet, but you know, he's but gonna call be like. But you'll have a job for him when he decides to come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be like, oh, wow, you had a baby. Congratulations. Be here at seven in the morning. You know, see what he you does, didn't do but... anything. You just held her hand and she did all the work. She gets <laughs> That's right. off. You, yeah. We'll see you yeah. in the morning. Nope. Nah. He, he may down. think I was, he might think I was serious. I better yeah, not do that to nah. him. But anyway. Uh, yeah. he, he let him stay home and take care of mama. Oh, as long as he needs. He can take three weeks, you know. I mean, I ain't paying him. But anyway, um, <clears throat> we had a chimney come in. It's a shiplap chimney. So it's got the little space in between each, each board going up or whatever. And they ship the hood and the chimney together this is a great big old hood goes over the stove or whatever so this is yeah, so this is over your stove you know your your exhaust fan yes the, yep. the surround the 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 faux surround for that yeah system that you yep. know that houses the motor and then the ductwork that goes out of your house so. yeah beautiful maple ship lap man it was pretty gorgeous and anyway so we get it and we take it to the paint shop or him and Trey, I think, get it and take it to the paint shop. And I said, you know, we got to stain the front and the sides and the bottom. I have showed up to a customer's house with a hood and hung it and realized I forgot to paint the bottom because I set it on the table, you know, like an idiot. <laughs> but anyway, which is the main part you see because it's yeah, main right part there, to right see th- right there under uh, above your head as you're cooking. And they're like, what are you doing spraying? I was like, oh, I just had to touch up a little piece of butter here, you know, whatever. But anyway, so the chimney is fastened inside the guts of the hood. And there's hardly no room. You have to unscrew it and take the chimney section off and stain it separately. Well, he didn't do that. He somehow, and we're talking four inches of space around, and it's hard to explain, but there's four inches of space around the chimney that's 
tucked inside the hood. Okay. I have no idea how he got that chimney stained with I'll no I'll try room. to figure out how to post a picture of that, of that, the one you sent me. I'll try to figure out how to post a picture of that on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. So I walked back there because, like I said, Sensei decided to put the restroom in the far back corner. So I was back there, and I walked by, and I saw it out of the corner of my eye, and I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. And so I'm in there, and while I'm in the restroom, my brain goes, wait a minute. Did we just see what, what we think we saw? Why did he put that back inside of there after he stained it? Yeah, that's weird. So I walked out and I looked at it and I said, oh, no. But and the whole point of this is you're supposed to take it out to stain it so you can actually get to it. So I walked by and I said, hey, man, did you uh, did you stain that chimney while it was inside the hood? And he's like, yeah, man. Yeah, it's really hard to get in there. My hand was cramping. He was like holding his hand like this, you know, bent up. My hand was cramping. I... I don't know. I, I don't know if I got in the grooves all the way, and I had to ask him. I said, "I said, why do you think that that piece is inside of the hood?" And he's like, "Well, I think that's what holds the fan, and maybe they're going to do like some LED lights around it or something." Like he 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 thought, and he's never done this. Right. Keep in mind, he you right. know he doesn't know any better, man. We took it out of the box, and I told him to stain it. His ignorance is expected. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so anyway, so I went and got the, got the impact, and I took the chimney out, and I and I took it out, and he goes, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> he said that would have been a lot easier to stay in his, in his little Yankee accent. Yeah, in his Yankee accent. Oh my! Oh my! Gosh. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I can't believe I did that. We laughed. I laughed about that, man. That was funny because. It shows you now the stain for whatever reason looked really good on it. I don't know how he did it, but just imagine how good it'll look when he takes it apart next time. Exactly. So, and I told him those little funny moments though, boy, how, how, how far can those carry you in a week? Like, Oh man, we live for stuff like that. I mean, it, it, that's, that's, I think that's the beauty of this type of work that it's so simple that it really doesn't take a whole lot to like really make your week, you know, because you're you're doing hopefully you're doing what you love like you're you're coming to work and it's work that that line of do what you enjoy and you never go to work a day in your life that's crap i don't know who yeah. said that but that that's crap <laughs> this is it's still work like i'm not gonna lie i mean but i enjoy it like i don't I don't dread now. I dread getting out of the bed when it's cold and I got to yep. drive and I got to go through a cold shop and get it warmed up for the day, you know, but once the, you know, once the heat comes on and I get a few tunes, you know, I, I thought to myself earlier this week, I said, man, I am glad that there is no camera in here. I said, because every once in a while that music just hits me and I am just, <laughs> and I, it just, I, I feel like Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I am just going through that room, and I'm having a good time. And I look, I go, there's no way I could work with anybody else because I think it would kill it would kill that little burst of <laughs> yeah, heck yeah that I get yeah. in the middle of a day when I'm like, this day has not been bad, but it hasn't been great. And then all of a sudden you get that little 10-minute burst, and you're like, heck yeah, this is good. Yeah. You know, th- this is a good life. Because Yeah, exactly, because inertly you enjoy it. Yes. inertly your 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 what am i trying your instinct right we talked about that a while back your instinct is overall happy oh yeah now you yeah. still struggle absolutely dude i get 
I get mad at myself. I get, <clears throat> I get mad at kind of things that are going on, you know, like I'll make a mistake. I'm tired. You know, the finish on the door I had, you know, a, a bird got in here the other day while Joel was, uh, was spraying and, and he sends me a text message. He goes, man, when the birds got me, I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, they pooped on the door. And he sent me a picture of poop on brand new paint, you know? And it's like, whatever, dude. I told him, I said, man, let it dry, sand it, and fix it. Yeah. He's like, all right. You know, I mean, stuff still happens. Yeah, that we don't live in a fantasy world where we love everything and we're walking around with this goofy smile on us, you know, all day long. But in earthly, we're happy. Yeah, and, for sure. And I remember a bad day here. You know, you hear a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. Dude, a bad day here is way better than my best day at my old job. By you know any any day of the week. Pick right. any of my last thirty jobs that I've had. And <laughs> <laughs> because it, I went through jobs like underwear there for a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. I'll be honest. I still don't know that this job beats law enforcement. Law enforcement, right? Back in the day. Now, yeah. law enforcement today is a whole other ball of wax, and, and I'm not going to go down that, that road, but. I can honestly say that when I was in law enforcement, that was the best job of my yeah. life. And I loved every moment of it. But this one, this runs a really close second. And yeah. and, and I think what when I really think about it, what tops it off is that I'm in control. Right. I'm responsible yeah. for the success. I'm responsible for the failure. And I I take a lot of pride in that. I enjoy I enjoy that part. Yeah, it's it's stressful, but but it, it's also it's fulfilling. And that's what Charlie, I remember Sensei him telling me he he didn't he was no bones about it he said dude it's hard this is work yeah. it's hard work it's absolutely stressful he said but this is one of the most gratifying jobs you can have is being a cabinet man he said in my opinion and he was um he was in the air force he was a loadmaster okay for the for the air force so i think he was in charge of strapping things down to the aircraft and loading it and all that kind of, i'm not really sure but anyway yeah, he's probably responsible for the weights, the shifting. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, exactly. The, the, the distribution. Which things were packed, yeah. Yep, yep. And, you know, I'm like, man, what could be cooler than that? You know, but it depends. Yeah, loading stuff on an airplane might be cool, but, but what, what is your surrounding like? What right. is the atmosphere like? Well, you know, it could change. It's good with this commander. That commander leaves. You get somebody else new in charge. Now it sucks. Yeah, that's I mean, right. And that's the same with every corporate business. Uh, this was a really good job. Now that manager, you know, took off and you know, made better for himself. And now this new manager is terrible. Yeah. My sister-in-law, you know her, she's been at, at her same, uh, at the same place for since we graduated. Yeah. She graduated high school and went straight into that program. And yep. And it got sold to somebody else. And she was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm changed, not doing this. Changed fields altogether. Not like I mean, I'm, completely. Not, I mean, that guy. That guy messed it up so bad. She's. I don't even want to do this. I don't even want to be in this field anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's when you know but, you screw it up. So when somebody not leaves you for another similar business, but they're like, "Peace out." I'm. I'm. I'm changing career <laughs> fields altogether. You. You've jacked this thing up bad. Yeah, and it, it's sad to see that. You know, because and I don't know the story there or whatever, but. Typically, what happens is they catch somebody about to retire. They make them an offer on this business. They buy the business, and they try to make it into a Ponzi scheme, into a money scheme, you know, and things go haywire, 
and the small town feel or the small business feel is now overrun with boilerplate, you know, contracts and, you know, Swiss sheets and SOP sheets. And we're from now on, well, we're going to do it. Hey, you run people off like that, you know? And so, but anyway, she, I hope, I hope she's going to like it a lot better, but you don't have to love every single second of every day, but I think if the atmosphere is good, then is that a train coming off the rails? It is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is. I don't know if you can hear that on the podcast or not, but Mitch's shop is uh, right on top of a set of train tracks, and it is. I think I just heard the train toot in the background. It sure, or, it sure did. Or that was Mitch tooting, and he's got a weird toot. What me? That is a. I'm looking at it on the security camera. That is a north, uh, southbound uh, grain train. So, right. ladies it's and gentlemen, a, if you guys are waiting. If you guys are waiting on corn, here it comes. And you're in the south. If you're in the north, you're screwed. It's going the wrong direction. Yep. Yep. Sorry. You got to be south of me. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I had to, the last thing was we were, we really needed to work on Saturday. And there wasn't any finished work to do, but there was some uh, cut out. It was cut day is what we call it. Uh, you know, when you process everything. And so I told Trey, I was like, hey, man, uh, it was Friday afternoon. I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And he kind of cut his eyes over at me, you know. He's like, I don't know. I got a couple things I might be into. I'm not sure. I said, well, look, man, if uh, you know, if you're just sitting around the house, you're bored, you know, looking for something to do, I said, I'll be here. You know, I'll be here working, you know. And he's like, what time? And I said, I'll probably be here at 7. And he's like, all right, bud, I'll see you in the morning. Came in and worked all day on Saturday. Uh, we went to the we went to uh, the good place to eat for lunch. Seven. So man, that's so early. God, early. What are you talking about, I don't know man? How people do this. I hate morning. I hate mornings. I do not want to be at the shop at seven. The last guy that was here, we started at six, and he was thirty minutes early every day. Really? I kept trying to beat him, <laughs> and I'd get here at five fifty. Because remember, I live next door. Right. So I'd walk out here at five fifty, and he's he's here. Yeah. Five forty-five, five forty, five thirty. I was five thirty. I said, "What time did you get here?" He's like five thirty. My, said, my you partner live? loves. He loves an early morning. He likes to load the trailer at six thirty, and he, and every time it's it's every night <laughs> before it's the same message. I go six thirty question mark. He goes, "Yeah, you good?" And I always want to say, "No, I'm not good." But you're the <laughs> one running the trailer, so I guess I need to meet you when you want to meet. <laughs> I guess I gotta be there. But I do always enjoy, at the end of the day, I enjoy how I feel. I en- oh, yeah. I, en- I enjoy yeah. that, that I got up, I got a whole bunch done before, like, the normal time that I'm finished. And then I still yeah. got a couple more hours to do because I'm not going to go home early because we run a small business. So there's no such thing as really going home early right. unless you've got a very intentional reason to go home early. So I always feel great on those days, but... If I had a dollar for every time I laid down and said, you know what, I'm going to go into the shop early and get a bunch of things done, I could probably retire because yeah. I don't do it. <clears throat> I just don't. I hated it, man. I was like, because the, okay, so the guy before, the guy before him, we'll call him guy number one, he, uh, he was my nephew. And I was like, let's start at eight. He's like, all right, cool. So we did that. Then I, then guy number two came on board. Guy number one left. He was like, 
screw this dude. I can't, uh, 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 you got tape measures and fractions and things and I can't keep up, you know, which is fine. We talked about it, you know, and he was like, Hey, I, I I need to find something else to do. Not his thing. So not, not my thing, dude, I get it. I need this to be your thing. If you're going to work here, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like don't struggle bus for four years. This is a small (laughs) business. There's nowhere for you to hide and loaf around. I'm going to notice, I'm going to notice when you're not carrying your weight. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, and plus he was family. So, you know, all that went fine. Anyway, guy number two, I was like, look, we, we typically start about eight. Is that okay? And he was like, yeah. And so we worked a few days at eight o'clock. He goes, Hey man, I was thinking, you know, I think we might need to come in a little early that way. If we need to stay a couple hours, you know, and do something late, we're not that late staying. And I was like, sure, dude, you know, what time you want to come in? He's like six. Dude, I was devastated. That's, I said, that's you a want me? <laughs> hey, look, you we're talk, we ain't talking getting up at six. Yeah. You want me here with my tape and pouch on at six o'clock doing actual physical work before the sun comes up? He was like, yeah. And we did that for a long time. The whole time he was here, yeah. we did that. And, you know, in reality, though, he gets to go home at 2.30. Right. You know, I don't. But, hey, if you can do that for your employee and he that changes the way he works and it, it shows him a little appreciation, it's not a bad thing. We did it know? every day. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I said, whatever time you want to come in to work, I'll be right here. With you. Now, there was That's a few just, mornings. I was late. I ain't going to lie. I was two yeah. or three minutes late, buddy. That's like, one thing that I don't have the discipline for, and I really wish I did. Like I, I say it all the time, and, and, and people say, well, you just get up. It's not that hard. Yes, it is. It's that hard. Because if, if it wasn't, if it was that easy, guess what? I'd get up every day. Yep. It's it's yep. hard. It is hard. I'm just not wired for mornings. I don't like them. I don't like them at all. Now, if you want me to run with you till three or four o'clock in the morning working, hey, bring it on, buddy. I'll roll with you through. I'll roll with you through the next day. I don't care. But yep. you want me to get up early? I don't like it. I'll do it. <laughs> but I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I I hate it until I get here. Like, like, man, I'm at home. This is stupid. And I've told myself this before. Dude, you own the business. You own it. I have the go to work. To change this. Yeah. Go to work when you want to go to work. And then I'm like, no, that's not, I'm not fixing to be that guy. Yeah. You know, because they're all here. And officially, Trey doesn't have, or Joel, they don't have a start time officially. So officially what it is, is I, Mitch, the owner starts at seven. You guys get here when you want to get here. Okay. There are, I won't get into it, but there, there are reasons for that. There, there are, you can technically say legal reasons that I really don't need to give him. You have to be here from this time to this time every day. So. But we decided 7 o'clock was a good start time because he wasn't an early morning person either. But his problem is he goes to bed. He's 20, 28. He goes to bed at like 8.30, 9 o'clock. And so he's like, well, I get up at 5.30 in the morning. He's like, so we can start at 7. He gets up and cooks breakfast or whatever, you know, does his little So he's a morning. He's a morning guy anyway. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I hate I hate those people because now I'm he wouldn't. I'm just jealous a, of them. Yeah, it's jealousy. That's all it is. <laughs> like to get up that early and like to have a nice relaxed cup of coffee and like some eggs and bacon would be. Oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> but I'm not. But doing you got it. to get up. You got to get out of the bed. Yeah, I'm not doing. Glutton don't, for punishment. Don't send me an email saying it's just that easy. Not, yeah, because it. it's not. Because yeah. man, when that when that bed is warm. And you look outside and you see that little frost on the ground, man. Oh, I love sleep. You're laid up. And... I love sleep. Yeah, I do. And my, my... and my wife will get up. She'll be getting ready for work. She has to. She they usually leave at seven. I mean, and her work is mm, a minute and a half away, but they yeah. usually walk out the door at seven. So they're up, you know, getting ready for school and everything. And then, but like since we've gotten this dog, he'll get up. He'll go to the bathroom and he comes back. And if I'm still laying in the bed, he curls up. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to upset him. Yeah, you know, you gotta he, let him sleep. He wants to take a little nap. I'm taking a little nap with him. Yeah. I mean, that's no big deal, you know. Yeah, but man, it, it sounds like you've had a good week, though. I mean, it's, it's I been busy. I mean, some ups and downs, but that's that's the way the yo-yo bounces, right? That's that's part of it. So now that we're an hour in, I'm sorry about that, but I'm not. Hey, we'll just change it to the Mitch podcast. That's fine. As long as you let me participate in some way, I don't I don't care. No I had to set deal. a timer for every ten minutes to let you say something. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think everybody's figured out by now. I can figure out a place to talk. Yeah, me I, too. I, I, I'm not shy. I can I can figure out a place to throw my voice in there. <laughs> sorry for everybody what, that doesn't like my voice, but what did you do? What happened? Oh man. What did I do? Um, so it's been a good week. Uh, started on a big laundry room build, just big boxes. Jesus, crazy. Um, but essentially a full laundry room. So kind of really uh, getting the exercise maxing this shop out. I mean, it's big. We're, we're building some. Uh, did it a few weeks ago on a build and doing it again on this one. But, uh, you know, the plastic pedestals for the front load washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is the second laundry room that we're killing those plastic ones that we're doing custom built-ins underneath and then putting the washer dryer up on a platform and this customer is super stoked about not having to sit on the floor anymore because they're low you know if they're not on a pedestal they're low yeah and uh so she is so she actually we're not deleting the pedestal this time she doesn't have one but she wants them up and she didn't like the look of the pedestal so we're bringing them up, and she is super stoked about not sitting on the floor to take the clothes out of the washer and dryer anymore. And she's only like 5'5". Five, five. So, I mean, if you're 5'5", five, five and you're hating getting clothes out of a washer and dryer, she's going to love this. Oh, yeah. So started yeah. on that and then, you know, went through some challenges. You want to talk about some challenges uh, uh, and things, that you know, when you say you, you love your job, but then you hate it at the same time. So I was going through my cut list, and I got boxes put together yesterday. And I had these two parts left that I'm like, I don't understand this. So they're, they're UV, so pre-finished plywood, one side pre-finished, the other side's a paint grade mm-hmm. uh, material. And I, but, so I've got these two, and they're marked as sides. I'm like, well, where's the top and the bottom? So I go back to my master, to my master sheet and I look, and what's happened is, is, so this is kind of a combination of there's some cabinets and then there's some open storage and then some cabinets again. Yeah. So because of the paintability of MDF, like the open storage is MDF. So it's a combination of pre-finished and MDF in this laundry room. Okay. And for all the MDF haters, the MDF is up above. There's nothing on the ground that's MDF in this laundry room. <laughs> it's the open storage above the washer and dryer. So don't save your email. 
But in the system, in the software, I forgot to change because it builds the way I have my pre-build set up. It builds the box as pre-finished material. And then I go in there and change what I want the material to be. And on this one, I forgot to change the top and the, or the sides to MDF. I left the top and bottom anyway. So is it, well, let me ask you, is this when you were like, is this when you were dancing through the shop? It could have been. Could have so that could've, that might have been what happened. Could have been the dancing that threw it all off. Yeah, hmm. you forgot to change it because you were listening to some kind of nineties. Yeah. What, what what was it? Nineties <laughs> alternative might. rock or something? It was Shakira, but don't worry. About <laughs> Shakira, Shakira. Hey, hey, these hips don't lie. Hey, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> but yeah, but no, but got those going. Um, you went to the shop today to work for a few hours. Um, well, I worked yesterday too and uh, got a lot of stuff done, but went to work today for a few hours and I got some new lights hung up, which uh, lighting in a shop is just, it's huge. The shop that I rented, it's got crappy lighting in it. So I've slowly been adding some lights. I'm not going to, um, and I'm doing them on like, so if anybody's in this same situation, what I did was is um, I, I've just ripped some ply. I've actually been, just been saving cutoffs from ply. And I've got these six-inch, uh, they're LED pucks, so they go in. And then so what I do is I just run like a four-foot stretch of that ply, and then I put two holes in it, and I put a light in it, and I screw those to the rafters up top so that when I leave, I can just unscrew those four screws, and I can take my lights with me. Okay. I'm not, leave, I'm not leaving these like lights for this guy. Yeah. And uh, and then I'm just use, leaving his, uh, he's got the uh, fluorescent, you know, fixture. I just leave it there. I just take the wire out of it, tap into it for the hot. And then I'll just put it back, you know, when I leave. And yeah. so I'm adding all this led lighting, which I'm, and I'm just doing it slowly. You know, the lighting is it's, it's workable. It's not to the point where it's, it's so God awful that I can't work. Uh, Cause it's got these skylights. So if I got a decent day, I can go about half the day and never turn a light on. Actually it's cloudy okay. days or towards the end yeah. of the day that I have to turn the lights on. I can't do that because I'm in a, I'm in a, just about a literal fortress. Right. Well, you're you in know. Fort Knox. Yeah. So I can't, there's no light hardly coming in yeah. <laughs> except through the bars over the front of the front door. So, but I got those in over my, over my miter saw station, which I've decided I just built a miter saw station and have decided I'm going to rebuild this one. Don't, there's some things that I don't love about it. It's Wait, way is that the one you I showed have. me the picture of? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. yours? Why was yeah. I thinking that was somebody else's? I don't know. Huh. I thought in the text it was like that was a buddy of yours, Miter Saw. No. With the repurposed no. cabinets. Oh no, no, no. That one. That one was that was a oh, my okay. partner's shopmates. Okay. Yeah, that was his. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll just send you a picture of mine. But I like it. It it it, it I I went from just using a job site stand, you know. And the extendable arms, and I was trying to use the extendable arms as repeatable stops, and that sucks. Oh, yeah. It doesn't work very well, especially if it's sh- anything shorter. You know, you, you don't have anything. So I built a new top on the on the miter saw and put it put an inlaid tape measure in it. And speaking of which, I need you to text me your email address, or your address at some point in time because I need to send you a couple of things so that we can talk about them in a future episode. Ooh, some gifties, yes, yeah, some gifties, some gifties, yeah. Right. Um, but. So, I, but I put a tape measure in it with a stop and like, I should have, 
like where I put the tape measure at and the track and the T track for the stop. I, I don't like it there. Um, I put it in the bottom. Mm-hmm. I should have put it in the back. So yeah. it, it, the T track is constantly filling up with sawdust. Up. So I'm like having to constantly come back with the vacuum because I can't slide my stop back and forth because the T track is so full of sawdust. Yeah. It works great. I mean, as far as repeatability and it's, and it's solid, it just would be better if the track or at least the tape measure was up on the top and the track probably as well. Um, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to stop that could have a lot of deflection in it. I wanted a very small stop mm-hmm. that I could lock down really tight and it didn't have any deflection in it. And I found these little small cheap ones on Amazon and I like it a lot, but just being on that bottom, it fills up with sawdust a lot. Yeah. So probably going to redo know, that soon. If you do that, I'd be interested to, so you do your, you do your cross cutting of your face frames with a miter saw. Yes. Hmm. I'm thinking about going that route. I've got a radio alarm saw now and I don't I don't know. There's yeah, things about it I don't like. I put one of those Russo hoods on it. I don't know if you saw that post I did about a week or so ago. I put one of those Russo dust hoods on the miter saw and that dynamically changes the the dust collection. It's not 100%. There's no way to 100% collect dust off <laughs> of a miter saw and I'm not going to build one of those goofy boxes because I don't want to, I don't, yeah. I, I don't like spending time. Like I would rather, if there's something I can buy and not everybody's this way, so I get it. But if there's something I can buy that's, that makes sense, I'm going to buy it versus building it. Bingo. You know, the, the, and the boxes look cool for all those of you guys that, that have the miter saws and you're building the full contained box around it and everything to collect. It's cool. And it, and it looks good and it takes time and it takes talent. It does. I don't want to take anything away from that, but if I take time away from a build to build that, I'm losing money. And it's just easier for me to jump on, order a solution, and move on. Because that solution that you're going to order is is proven, right? You can read reviews on Usually. it. Usually. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> Sometimes can, it sucks, but. Yeah. But, you know, like I built a, a dust shoot hood type thingy for my big 20-inch Grizzly planer. Because yeah. when I when I bought it, it didn't have the uh, the shroud on the back, so I was like, "Shoot, man, I, dude, I got a cabinet shop. You think I'm not fixing to make a little old box?" And what I do, I I made a box that went on the back, and I put that like an idiot. I put the dust collector pipes on the top of the box, so the the, the shavings are coming out straight, and then having to. Somehow or another magically turned 90 degrees. I'm with you. I'm like, ah, Lee, who, who would, if, if a designer would have done that, I'd have run their name in the dirt. And, and here I am. And, I and did there's it. tons of guys that are 3D printing stuff now that is like, like if you got the right saw. So this is a cobalt saw that has been through Hades and back. I mean, I have drug it down the road. It fell off the truck one time and I drug it down the road by the cord. Like the cord was still in the truck and I was dragging it down the road. Like it's, I, Hey, this saw is not great. Don't get me wrong, but it, boy, is it tough? I will yeah. give it that. I mean, yeah. and now that I've got it on this stand, it's locked in, you know, it's locked in at a hundred percent, you know, for nineties and for, for being level. So it's good from that aspect. But if you've got some of these other saws there, there guys, there's some guys 3d printing, uh, vacuum connections that connect down low around the blade that do a really good job. Um, yeah. but you know, they don't, what, you know, 
Nobody what I wound up doing bought. was I called Grizzly, and yeah. I gave him a model number, and I said, I need to dust shoot. She's like, okay. I gave him my card. It was there in two days. Yeah, and I'm like, why didn't I just do this? You know, because if you if you have time to build something that may not work, that's great. Do it. You're learning, right? right. It gives you an opportunity to learn. But I, we don't really have time to, to experiment. And if I you're in a just, hobbyist world, it's easier. If you're in a production world, it's not as easy. I mean, that. yeah, you, you look at it as, well, I didn't spend dollars out of my account, but you spent dollars in time. And, exactly. You know, you're, you're not yep. – if you're looking at it that way, you're not looking at it from a business standpoint. And and that's, I'm not saying that 100% of the time buying something is the solution. Sometimes, I mean, like a, a workbench. I have a, When I moved into this shop, there's a workbench that was there, and it's complete garbage. I hate every aspect of it, but you know what it is? It's flat, and it's large. And mm-hmm. it let me start working immediately when I moved into this, stop, this shop without having to build a workbench. Yeah. So guess what? I'm using it. Now, what am I doing on the side? I, I have a steady list of new demands that I want out of my new workbench, and I'm working on a design because I want to build a workbench one time. If I'm going to spend the time to build my own workbench, I want it to be everything that I want it to be, and I want to build it once. Yeah, so exactly. I, I'm trying to really take my time. And it's better, dude. It's so much better to wait. And say, man, I wish my workbench needed, I wish it had this. I wish it had that. And spend a couple of months or whatever getting you a checklist. And yeah. when you build it, man, you know. It's, now, are you talking workbench or are you talking like something like an assembly table? So, I guess more of like an assembly table, I would say, you know. Okay. Um, I don't really, I don't really have a workbench, so to speak. So, I have, which I guess, you know, we could kind of talk about too. So, I, I would say probably my favorite tool that I have in my shop are actually these two tables that I got from Home Depot. Um, they're made by Husky, uh, and they're adjustable height tables. They have rolling casters on the bottom. Um, there's a guy on YouTube, if you search, like, uh, I was searching through workbenches, and he's kind of where I got the idea from. He bought these, and then what he did was on the bottom is he actually built a cabinet into the bottom for, like, storing tools and everything. Yeah, And I was like, oh, that would be great, especially when I was in the garage. Because you're always looking for room, especially in a super small spot. When you got yep. 500 square feet, technically like 480, you're looking for every bit of room. So I, I bought these tables, and then across the bottom where the crossbar is, I slapped a piece of MDF on the bottom of it. So it's now like a two-foot wide shelf, and that's where like my router and my router table still ride around on these tables today. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's where they live. I mean, that's where they lived in the garage. And eventually I'll do something different with them. But my workbench for a long time was I would turn those two tables back-to-back and latch them together, and that was my assembly table workbench. I mean, I strapped all kinds of things. But now they're my, they're my in-feed table. When I'm ripping plywood, I put one – uh, in front of the table saw and mm-hmm. I throw that ply especially the MDF I throw it on top and that's my end feed table but when I'm done with it I'm, I roll it away when I'm done processing so I don't have this big giant end feed table in my way all the time yeah you know when I'm done yeah. I roll it away and then I'll roll it away and I'll roll one on the left side of my Craig station and one on the right side of my Craig station and as I as I pocket hole everything everything goes to the other table it goes from the right hand it gets pocket hold and it all goes to the left hand side, mm-hmm. and then I can roll that table around. And I would suggest if you if you like this table, if you if you think it's a good idea, change the casters out. 
the guy in the video that kind of originally had the idea, he suggested to change the casters and I got them and I was like, ah, these aren't bad. It would be worth your time to change out and put better casters on them. The, 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 the standard ones are kind of junky. Yeah. But, but if you don't have the extra money to do that, and I didn't at the time, I mean, the tables were like, I don't know. I want to say they're like 200 bucks mm -hmm. and they got a good solid butcher block top on them. And I have beat the snot out of that top. I've cut it accidentally a couple of times, you know, with the track saw. I mean, and they've held up. Now, eventually, I will take that top off. I'll put just a smidge wider top and kind of do like a melamine type kind of thing on the top to keep glue and stuff from sticking to it. Yeah. But the finish on them, you can scrape glue off of them. Like, I mean, they hold up really well, but they are probably my one of my most useful, quote unquote, tools that I have in the shop. Like, I don't, because I don't have another rolling cart. Do you do right. rolling carts? Uh, yeah, I we do like the lift cart from Harbor Freight, the little okay. pump up lift yeah. cart. We do that and then we do a lot of dollies. Yeah. Um a lot of a lot of moving dollies, but I'll tell you my favorite thing with wheels on it in my shop is an old grocery cart. Ah. That <clears throat> pretty sure since they probably stole from somewhere and i don't know but it was here when i bought the they shop went out of business they went out of business yeah and went out found of business. a cart yes. had, had an estate sale but anyway dude if you don't have a a but what we call down here in the south a buggy go get one yeah. find find a buggy i'm telling you man we use that sucker every day because you because it's got the basket it can hold a lot of small things yeah and you can stack it high. You got storage on, and it's just strictly for moving smaller things from one in the shop to the next. Like, like if paint comes on the truck or whatever, you know, fifty boxes of screws, we load the shopping cart down, push it back, so get a shopping cart. And the other thing is, um, I'll send you pictures of the assembly table that I made, and you know, the only thing I don't like about it is I do wish that I could have, it would be an adjustable height. Gotcha. I do wish I could make that. Now it's four by eight, you know, yeah, I don't think table, the size that I'm talking about doing, I don't know if I think I can make it adjustable either, but yeah, because it had to be adjustable at the corners. You couldn't have a smaller base with a bigger right. top on it. Cause it would tip, you know, right. But they make them by now. They're not $200, but they make the huge tables at lift. Right. You know, but I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And then the best thing I did for the table saw, had a, I got a, you see that man get attacked in here. But anyway, I just, the, I just see you flailing away at the camera. I don't know. Like where you're some kind of little bug or fly. Like you got a bad fart in the room. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> but go and get you a uh, laminate is your best friend. So yeah. go, go get a sheet of laminate. Uh, you can cut it with a, obviously with a regular table saw blade, but go get laminate. My outfeed table on the table saw is laminate. Um, in it now, I I don't know if I'd recommend it for an assembly table because you want parts to slide around easy on it, right? That's why it makes a good outfeed table. Not really that good for assembly, I wouldn't think, because you're sitting there awkwardly holding something, hoping it don't move when you get the nail gun, and if it's on something really slick, you know, it could fall apart or something but but anyway the radial arm saw we wax that table you know any anywhere we process lumber's got we keep it waxed and yeah. man it is so much safer that way believe it or not 
Yeah. It's it's safer. But yeah. You don't want things hanging up. No, no, not on you not on a table on saw. But but yeah, overall, so that's kind of overall been my week. Like I've just, I mean, it's not been anything crazy. Did a couple of client meetings, went and did some measurements, some running around, you know, that kind of thing. Um, went and met with one customer that I'm pretty sure um, is going to beat us to death over price. So I just kind of, I just kind of afforded kind of a basic of what he wants for a pricing estimate versus sitting down and doing a whole bunch of renderings and a whole bunch of computer time. Mm-hmm. I was like, shoot him a general idea of where we're at on this price and see what he feels like before we put, you can just kind of get that vibe, you know, oh, yeah. you can kind oh, yeah. of, and that's, and if you're a homeowner and you, and you're looking for things like that, one of those things that gives us that vibe is when you just start adding stuff while we're there. Yeah. When you're like, oh, oh, and by the way, this, I, I wanted to see what you thought about this room. Oh, oh, and one more place, one more thing. Let me show you this. Yeah, you, and you're the, just kind of thinking of things and seeing what you can throw at the wall to see what's going to stick. Yeah, and Type. I believe why that is is when they started, they probably sat down at the supper table and said, "We can probably only afford the cabinet and laundry room." But then when you're there, they're like, "Oh yeah, and add this, and, and let's see about this, and let's see about well, this." Well, they get That's excited. The they get excited yeah. about the change and and the new. And I get that, but. But one thing, just like I went to, I went to another customer's uh, or a potential customer, and I was there to measure some stuff downstairs. And in the initial meeting, the, the notes of the consult, and we we keep a, I think we talked about this, but we keep an iCloud note of every customer file that mm-hmm. we can transfer back and forth between the two of us. And in the note was measure space upstairs for a, for a future project, but go ahead and get the measurements while we're there. So while we were there, you know, we took the measurements and kind of got a rough idea of what she was wanting to talk about with, and we're both on the understanding that this is not a project that we're, we're trying to get done right now. Like, you know, that you want a project done and you want some information on to do it later. And that's fine. Just t- just tell us you're going to get a lot better reaction and a lot better uh, response and communication out of the person that you're trying to work with. When you when you are dividing those projects up and they realize that you realize that you're going to divide them up versus you just throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, because mm-hmm. we can we can feel it we we can yeah we can pick up on that. And if you want, if you're a homeowner or a client or whatever, and you want several stages done, when when somebody comes to your home to start measuring and do a quote, that is when you tell them, hey, by the way. I'm probably going to want this broken up instead right. of do the whole quote. And then like, we'll take this off and see what it is. Well, what was just this? That is way too much time. Well, and you're, and, and understand that your pricing changes based on trips. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not as simple as, Oh, well, this is the price for this. This is the price for this. Oh, now we're doing it in two prices. So we just, we just minus those from each other. And that's what we got. no, there's additional time and materials that you're going to get charged for, for those trips. Now, instead of coming to your house to do two projects, it's kind of like the, the, uh, the, the 10 hour work week, right. Or a 10 hour work day. When, when you got an employer who says, Hey, we're going to go to four tens versus mm-hmm. working five eights. And you think about it, you're like, well, I, I got to 
work longer in a day, but I'm only going to make that drive four days Yep. versus five. Okay, so I'm automatically, I'm saving fuel. I'm saving entire days of fuel, you know, by doing the, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you start when you, and then you, all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, the tens aren't working. We're going to have to go back to, to five eights. And you're like, wait a second now. You're messing with my, you're messing with my budget. You yeah, because you actually make more, you keep more money working four right. tens. Right. So yeah. when when we have to divide your project up, and we're we're doing more trips back and forth and everything, then yeah, just know that it's not it's it's not simple math. Like yeah, well, you know where we live, it's the same thing. We make a list. Hey, I'm going to get groceries. Okay, well, and immediately I text Trey if I know I'm going to the next city. Immediately I text him, do we need anything for the shop? Yeah. You know, so now I got both of us thinking about it and he's like, man, we, yeah, we probably need masking paper or whatever because buddy, I'm right there. I'm in town. And and if it makes sense to do your, your mail run, your grocery run, pay your power bill, stop and pick something up from the pharmacy or whatever in one trip, then don't get mad at us when you want us to make special trips and we put a trip charge on it right. you know because you don't you don't live your life like that yeah it, you costs, take care you, of it costs you money to go to lowe's just like it costs us money to go to exactly lowe's. Like, exactly yeah now now and we build that in you know we build that in our original bid you know we build you know we we factor in the the cost of getting materials for your job that's that's part of doing business but then when you start doing changes you know in a job you're going to get hit with those you're going to get hit with change fees I yeah mean, and it takes me so many minutes to design one foot of cabinets because, you know, I, I quote by the foot. Right. And so we, we put that in the price, and that's it. That's for me going through there and me quoting it and designing it and all that. And when you start changing your mind, now, if you say, hey, can we get rid of that drawer stack, you know, something simple like that, we understand there there can be a change or two in there. But when you completely, okay, perfect example. Customer wants overheads going to 10 feet, right? And so you quote it up like that, and then you draw that job. And then they say, never mind, we want it to go to 8 feet. You realize that a, a sheet of plywood is 4 by 8. So when you go from 8 feet to 10 feet, you're having to now split backs because you're right. over 4 feet tall. Yeah, so everything changes. Everything changes, man. Your efficiency goes out the window. You're having to rebuild these cabinets. You can't just stretch them up to ten feet. It doesn't work that way. Go get the board stretcher. We got to go ten foot. Yeah, I mean, I'm dealing with a piece of plywood that is. So if you have, you know, a cabinet that's over forty eight inches wide, then the the back of it has to be you know the grain has to run vertical because now they're six feet tall instead of four feet tall so now if this overhead is over four feet i'm having to put two backs on it changes everything so what i've done is if 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 i pick up that they're on the border of going 10 feet to eight feet i won't draw the overheads until they make their mind up you know on on what they want to do but you know that stuff it takes time it takes time that that is not in the original bid yeah it does. the more you change your mind for sure 
Well, let's, um, so I kind of want to, I want to, I want to venture to something. And since we're, we just kind of talked about it, I, I want to kind of try to pivot this way. I'm not a good, uh, I'm not a good direct changer of directions, but we were talking about, you know, iCloud notes, you know, and that I use that. And so Mitch and I use that. Also, we have a file going that we share for just topics for the podcast and, mm-hmm. So the idea behind this is just to put something on there because we try really hard not to talk during the week because if we talk during the week, we're just going to tell a story. Yeah, and, we're going to vent. <laughs> yeah, and then you're not going to get you're not going to get an authentic uh, uh, listening of the story being told for the first time. You're not going to get an authentic reaction from the other person. So we we try really hard to not communicate at least verbally. We'll send a few texts back and forth, but to try, try not to really verbally communicate during the week. Because mm-hmm. we want that authentic and encountering of catching up from the week, so we created this note file. Well, I will put things in the note file that I try to be kind of ambiguous with, so that hopefully Mitch can't figure out what I'm trying to put there, <laughs> and so it'll kind of be a shock and awe and a little bit of a surprise. But the problem is, is that I was looking at the notes today as we sat down to start, and he's like, well, what do you want to talk about? I said, well, i got a couple of ideas. you got a couple of ideas? He's like, yeah. I said, okay, well, we'll roll with it. Well, my first idea is one that I wrote, and the problem is, is I have no idea what it is. (laughs) You're too ambiguous with it. So in the notes, I wrote podcast, question mark, question mark. And I am not sure exactly what I meant when I wrote that. I think I might have been wondering what other podcast are you listening to? Um, and then I thought about, I have no idea what I could have meant by that because there's, we're in the beginning stages of, I mean, at this point in time that we've recorded this, we still haven't posted a live or a, we haven't live. None of them are going to be live, but we haven't posted anything to a platform yet for an actual listener Mm -hmm. to hear. So there's lots of podcast conversation that we have, and it's some a lot of it's just generated around trying to get this thing off the ground officially. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put a dot. I'm gonna check that category off as done because I have no idea what I meant by that. You got so, a couple of them on there that I was reading today earlier today, and I was like, now what is this? What yeah. in the world does that mean? Yeah. So another one. So. I, and, and like I said, I'm going to try to, I'm going to keep trying to be vague, but I'm going to try to be a little bit more detailed so that I can possibly remember what the heck it was about. Cause if it's like a note on Monday and it's got to wait till the next Sunday to talk about it. Cause that's, we, we try to record on Sunday. Um, I, I don't know that I can remember because I can't, but the, the other one I did want to talk about, which just cracks me up is I wrote sawdust cologne. And I have no idea what you're talking about. But I think you were interested by that one, right? Like I was, was. I picked it. You, you, I picked, you picked it. it, right? So sawdust cologne is this phenomenon that I get when I go someplace, especially someplace that I am with people who know what I do for a living. And it happened to me again yesterday. My wife works at a public school, and I'm working on a little project for them. So I went by the school and... I took a sample piece by there to show the principal what it was going to look like. They want these marquee letters for like uh, prom and homecoming and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about them last episode. I picked them up from the CNC shop. 
And I went into the school and I was talking to one of her uh, coworkers and she goes, you just smell so great. And I was like, really? And she goes, I love the cut, the smell of fresh cut wood. And I said, well, it must be in my pores because I haven't been to the shop today. <laughs> And I haven't cut a single piece of wood, so I, I, I must I must just be oozing sawdust. Yeah, and that yeah. just must be my natural cologne because it happened to me. Um, actually, same place, but as we sat down with the principals for a meeting uh, about some trophy cases that they may want to build, we sat down and, and the principal looks at me. She goes, "You smell like fresh cut wood," and I was like, "Well, I I just left the house." I, I have not been to the shop or cut anything today. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, have you ever gotten this comment before though? Like, have you, I, have you heard of this? Yeah. Yeah. I have, to you? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Now it can go either way because sometimes I smell like paint and you know, I walked in and somebody said, what, what is it? You smell kind of like you have a strong smell. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I had left the paint shop and it, you know, obviously there's, you know, probably some odor from the, cause lacquer, Hey buddy, it's strong. It's in you. It, it's, it, <laughs> and it's distinct. It is. It is. And for whatever reason, the stuff we're using now, man, when it's, when it's flashing off and it's drying, Oh, it stinks. Really? Like it's, it's not chemical stink. It's, I mean, it's somebody stepped in something stink. Really? It is oh. rough, man. And we get, of course we give Joel a hard time cause you know, a lot of times he can't use all the fans when he's spraying. Right. So we get to where we can kind of get a whiff of it down below or whatever. You know, we're down there and we come back and we, like Trey and I'll run back there and we're hollering and our hands are up. And we're just like, what are you doing? And he's like, what are you talking about? I mean, you're stinking the whole shop up. We can't go nowhere. We get it. Okay, we get it. You're painting. We get it. We get it. You know, we just give him a hard time. Well, the bathroom is back there with him, so you might want to have every, every once in a while. Hey, man, what would you, you do in there? But I have people that – now, I haven't smelled like wood, I don't think. I don't remember getting that comment. But people come in the shop, and they say it smells really good, and especially if we do something out of cedar. Oh, you know, we're yeah. dealing with cedar or something, you know. But it's – yeah. yeah. Or ash. I love when we cut ash. Yeah. I think ash, it smells like mint. Like it smells like a kind of a pepperminty smell. I, yeah. I love breaking it down. I think it, it yeah. makes the shop smell good. It does smell good. And this time of year is really hard here because we have the wood stove going. So when it's when it's really cold and down, and I listen, we get it. We get it. If you live in the north, this cold ain't cold. You know, oh, that ain't cold. You ought to try 20 below. Dude, it's still cold. If we're not used to it. It's cold. cold. It's cold to me. 20 degrees is cold, man. And cold, it's cold, cold where you that's live, all that matters. too. That's all that yeah. matters. If I think it's cold, it's cold. That's, that's the end so, of the conversation. So we can't – we've got three – keep in mind, I'm in basically a long tube. And we have three big fans that will uh, suck air, fresh air, all the way through the shop. And we can't do that in the wintertime because it's cold. Right. And man, it was so dusty down there. I was just like, ah, this, this is horrible. So I waited for it to warm up a little bit. And I did, I finally opened the front door and just kind of let some of that stuff, you know, go out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I'm that way. I've got a pellet stove for heat and then I've got an electric heater that I run overnight just to kind of keep 
from having to start over completely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I get that fireplace smell going for a little while. Now tomorrow will be scrap day, so I will be burning scrap from start to finish all day tomorrow because I yeah. have so much of it. I really wish I could find somebody like that needed that for like a like I had a wood stove that would like that stuff like to that to use as burner material because man I I'm not gonna save scrap I think we've talked about this some throughout I I just it becomes it it will just consume you now I have one yep. little bin I have one little bin in my plywood rack and that's where cutoffs go so like I will label it like on the cut side I'll label like UV one and then I write the width on it, right? So, but the rule is it has to be a full length of plywood. Like it has to be eight foot long or I'm not, yep. I won't save it. Dude, I feel that in my soul. And that has just, I just have to have some kind of rule, you know, or I feel like it'll go out of bounds. But, but say it's like 14 and a half inches, right? So I write on the edge 14. So I know looking in there, like if I need a piece I, I know just looking in there that I know for sure if I need 12, if I need, if I need 14, I know that that thing will provide me 14 inches if I grab it. That's a good idea. I hadn't thought about doing that. Not that it's not, I don't put 14 and a half. I don't put what its actual number is. Yeah. I want some kind of leeway on it to know for sure that if I'm going to go through the part, trouble of pulling it out, it's going to, it's going to give me the number that I need out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, so the rule is it has to be a full length for one. And then if the rack is full, if that slot is full left and right, I don't save anymore. That's just, and it doesn't matter if it's, if it doesn't matter if it's something different than what's in there, say like everything in there is UV one. And I've got this one piece that's UV two. If the rack is full, the rack is full. It, it yeah. just, I, I, you have to have some kind of rules or you do. It, Cause it, like you said, you, you got to understand and, and, I had a guy today here uh, a little while ago. He came in and he he was looking at the scrap pile by the table saw and he goes, "Is this all scrap?" And I said, "Yeah." And this dude and I'm gonna look. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a shameless plug. His name is Steve, and he runs Northern Mist Longbows. Hey, Steve. So he makes, I mean, absolutely gorgeous handmade longbows. That sounds and cool. They're I'd like beautiful, to watch that man. process. Oh yeah, they are beautiful. If you ever come down, I'll take you over there to do a shot. But anyway, and 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 um, what am I trying to say? I had, for my own reasons, I became his friend. Like I reached out to him a long time ago because I was like, yeah. "How neat would it be to to know the bowman?" Right. You know. So I, I called him and I left him a message and I said, "Hey, I have packing material here. You know, when we get our doors in." If you ever need, I'm right down the street. If you ever need any packing material, let me know. You know, I'll give you some. And he called me, and I missed a call. And then he's like, hey, man, sorry I missed you. Hey, let's go grab lunch or something. You know, that was the first time he left me a message. Let's go meet me up here one day, man, and we'll go grab lunch. You can do a lot over food. You can get a lot of things accomplished over food, especially in the South. yeah, that's what we do down here. Let's go grab lunch. And I was yeah. so excited. It was like, I didn't even know this dude. And it was like a celebrity, you know, because his stuff is online. There are YouTube videos on it. And I'm like, man, I get to go eat lunch with this guy. And he, of course, he's just, 
really down to earth. He's just a normal guy. He's a dude. You know, just a he's dude. a dude. He's a normal guy. And so anyway, we, we have developed a friendship and he was here today. He's actually going to buy some of my hard maple because forget that junk. I'm not using any more of that on cabinets. <laughs> I got it for a good price. The only reason I got it anyway. And he was surprised at the amount of scrap that I have. And he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig through here and get some. And I was like, go ahead. Well, Sensei was there. Uh-huh. And we've been through this, man. Since when I bought this shop, I hauled two truck bed loads of paint to the dump. We had a cleanup day where seven or eight people were here. And we took hundreds. There's a guy that came and got probably... No kidding, over a hundred doors. That Some bad were doors, wrong doors, ordered wrong, whatever doors. And he said his wife wanted to paint them and hang them up, you know, and sell them. I said, "Come get all you want, man. Come get it." Yeah. The amount of stuff here. Now, keep in mind, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing on that. He's from a different generation, right? I, I understand people. that. Yeah, I understand that. But at the same time, this job we just did was sixty sheets. You're going to have a little bit, not a lot of scrap, but you're going to have some scrap left over. And he, and Sensei was digging around. Was this piece 10 and a half wide? I said, yeah. He said, well, you could use that for a shelf. And I'm like, yep, sure could. But then the next job, I'm going to have five more. The next job, I'm going to have five. And it was only a four foot long piece. But it, what it does though is like, cause you use the same thing I do. So we use software that, that maximizes a sheet of plywood, right? Yep. So, but when you do that, when you put your new job into the maximizer, the optimizer to, to maximize your sheet of plywood, it doesn't know that you got a piece of scrap over here that you're going to try to make a shelf with. It's going to put it on that job. Yep. So when you try to use scrap piece a over here for the shelf, that's already an optimizer. You really are. You're just trading tit for tat and you're actually screwing (laughs) yourself up because now you've got a, a piece in the optimizer that you don't need. And now you've got a spare part and it really just kind of complicates things. It does. It, and it, 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 it's just easier just to cut a new one. Yeah. It, it robs you of, it robs you of time. Yeah. And you know, cause now, Oh, I can cut that out of, out of a piece of scrap. Well, now you got a piece of scrap left out of your optimizer. Right. And that goes on the rack and the next job you do the same thing. And it's like, you know, now what, Sometimes what I'll have is I'll have like a a leftover sheet that's only got a couple of parts on it. Yeah. That's when I use that scrap instead of having to, you know, make one rip. But like I said, as long as you have half a sheet in scrap, you know, roughly that you're that you're holding on to, you don't need to keep any more than that cuz you're going to run yourself out of room. There's no you you're going to it's like it's almost like some people live in this world where they think that every job they can use every piece of scrap in their shop yeah. and never can't have any it. extra. It's not possible. You can't do it. Now, if you're thinking, if you're thinking, Hey, I, I, I'm going to do this job and what I need a cabinet. I need a shop cabinet, right. To store whatever in. Okay. So now, okay. That is a great project to start to set a few pieces of scrap to the side for, but you gotta, you gotta know what you're trying to build first. Don't try to, don't try to save scrap and then see what you can build. Mm-hmm. design what you need, write it down, draw it up, write what you need, and then save scrap that will fit that project and only save scrap that will fit that project. Then yes, if you do that, then yes, you will get a free cabinet for your shop out of that. 
Yep. One hundred percent. If you do it the another way, you're costing yourself money. You're not That's getting right. a free cabinet. It's, you think you saved a few bucks by holding on to that piece of scrap and digging through your pile and getting it out and measuring it, see if it's big enough and cutting it down. You're not. Stepped I mean, on it five not. times in the last six weeks. You tripped yeah. on it twice, almost put your head through a wall, you know, and almost caused yep. an injury to one of your employees. You know, it, it, it creates issues. Just throw it out. Just throw it out. Cost of doing business. Donate it. Uh, yeah. You could always donate it. If you have a, a high school that has a shop class, if you have the guy next door that builds birdhouses, you know, people used to come get my scrap. There was five or six people that would come and get it. Yeah. And they're full. Guess what? Their barns are full. I, there's a dude that lives down the road that has two school buses full of my scrap. And now guess what? He has nowhere to put it. He has not ever used a single piece of it. It's just part of doing business. Just can't afford, just can't stand to see it go to waste. And guess what? And, and I get he, that. Yeah, but it's still going to waste. That's that's the pro, That's what people don't say. It's still going to waste. It's sitting in a bus, not being used. Yep, yep. It's no different than sitting over here. And there, and I've had people come by. I can't stand to see that stuff. Well, buddy, get all of it you want, and you can deal with it, and you can load it and unload it. Uh, uh-uh, uh. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you get to a point where you just can't afford to save scrap. Now, if you're in a hobbyist style, you know, and you, you know, you can set some scrap to the side, and yeah, you can afford to go through it because you got more time. And you're not on a production production schedule that changes things. I get that, and I'm good with that. But if you're trying to be efficient in your shop, scrap is an enemy. It's it's just mm-hmm. bad, you know. Now I've got like this loft thing in my shop, right? That it's there. I didn't build it. It's just there, and I will take um, like leftover slivers that are four inches because all of my nailers are four inches, right? So if I get a slip leftover sliver of mdf or ply now i'll slide a couple of those four inch slivers up there and every once in a while i need it like i i miscut let's say i'm cutting nailers and i miscut a nailer well instead of killing a whole nother board to to get what i need i'll just reach up there and grab one of those four inches that i've held on to you know or if i've got a strip you know this leftover from a project it's a full run and say it's you know eight inches yeah, I'll go ahead and rip me two four-inch nailers out of that and throw them up in that loft for future reference so that when I have an uh-oh, I'm not going, oh, crap, now i got to burn a whole sheet of plywood to get exactly. one nailer out of it. You can be smart with things like that and be purposeful, you know, but I am but I only save like three or four of them. Like, that's it. I don't, right. I don't need more than that because when I drop my project into the software – I'm going to get every nailer I need. Those are for uh-ohs. Those are not yep. for, well, I can save. Yeah. And it just. Because eventually you just have so much of it that, you know, you got piles and piles and piles of scrap everywhere and you're digging through, you know, and, and one thing that we do hold on to is we make our own drawer material, our sides and fronts and backs and all that. Yep. That's uniform for every job. You know what I'm saying? Right. We run a couple of different size drawers. But if you have a half a stick of that left over, absolutely, we're going to save that because you can, that will save you because you're going to use that material up and it's all different, you know, it's different lengths. You may have a tiny drawer that's 12 inches wide. You may have a big one that's 25 wide. But so, so in the optimizer, if it tells me I need 
9.2 rips, I'll only rip and process nine because right. I know I can get my other point two out of you know out of my scrap. So you know you pick and choose, but yeah, just just keeping everything, it's not it's not good for your business. Yeah, it's not it's not good for time. It's not good for for energy. You know. Nope. Well, we we got about uh, you know fifteen minutes or so before we kind of hit that magical time limit before we we try to wrap up. But um, what do you you got any kind of pardoning exiting thoughts you want to share? Or I do actually. Uh, I do have a because I noticed on the list we have something on there that's a cheap tool that's good. Ooh, I like that one. I, and that's right. going to be, a, I like to, I'm not going to check that one off because I think we should, you know, leave refer it back to cheap tools Yeah, as much as and we can. Eventually we'll get into a discussion on what, you know, like, should you buy the best? Should you buy the cheapest? Should you buy the middle ground? We're going to cover all that because that goes whether you're yeah. an electrician, plumber, whatever, you know, there are introductory tools and whatever. So, We'll we'll discuss that because we do not have time for that on Man. this one. You're you're right, but um, a cheap tool is so what we what we decided to do a while back was give the Hercules line, believe it or not, a go from Harbor Freight. Um, I've I've got the Hercules miter saw. Yep. I've been running it three and a half four years now zero issues love that salt there's nothing i would change about that saw. i love it so i said okay well we'll give these we'll buy a drill and an impact and a couple of batteries and we'll see if they last of the hercules right? line of the hercules line yeah. so the hercules line is the it is the upper tier for harbor freight there's exactly what yep. there's bauer um there's like chicago, chicago electric tools. yeah chicago and, electric and yeah and then so, bauer and then uh and then Hercules is at right. the top. It's their top now, it is their top tier though. Yeah. And they just did a tool jump dump, by the way. Hercules did. But anyway, they sell a a a a uh LED light. Now it's not the round bulb flashlight one. I don't have that one. This one is I call it a mechanic light. It's kind of tall and skinny. You gotcha. know, gotcha. and it flips and rotates and all that. It runs, I don't know three years on one battery. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're super efficient now, but my son bought me one for Christmas. Didn't communicate that with my wife. Happy anniversary again, but she bought me one too. So now I have two of them and man, I mean, they're, I don't know what they cost. 15, 20 bucks, something like that. Yeah. They are amazing, man. Just because we want to get on the same battery. Right, we want the right. same battery platform, and whether or not that's Milwaukee, Dewalt, Ryobi, we we are not going to judge whatever you decide to run. We're not no. that we're not those kind of people. But if you're thinking about giving the first of all, I'll just tell you, I have been 100 percent satisfied with the Hercules stuff. I run Dewalt, I run all kind of different brands, but I have been pleasantly surprised with the Hercules line. So the cheap tool is the Hercules, you know, the skinny light is what I'll call it because I don't know what it what it is. And I have a tool of the week. Okay. And my wife, again, happy anniversary. My happy wife. Happy anniversary, baby. I got you on my mind. Um, if, you, if you know where that's from and we just completely stole it <laughs> and we apologize and we do not mean to infringe on your copyright, but it... <laughs> 
we broke it up. You did. You only did half of it, and I only did half of it. So. I think they do too. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, my tool of the week is she got me a Stabila tape Ooh. measure. Ooh, and something that Stabila did that I never would have thought about is they put a small piece of sandpaper on the back of the hook. Hmm. And Almost so, like rubber, but better. Yep. So when you when you're getting out there on, on uh, the end of a piece of plywood or something, that sandpaper has just enough grip where the end doesn't slip around on you. I got you. It doesn't have. Now it'd be better if it had a magnet too, and they may have one. I'm not sure, but dude, it's it's butter smooth. I love it. That's my that's my pick for the week. Well, I'm I'm going to change foot. I'm going to change one of my my picks of the week then because I don't want to contradict one of yours. So I will, I'm going to hold. <laughs> well, that don't matter. Back. That don't matter. No, 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 no. That's why I need your address. Um, <laughs> but so cheap tool uh, of the week is probably one of my favorite tools, uh, and and this is not going to help you at all because you don't wear hats. Hate them. I know. Anti hat. I know. But if your guys are hat wearers. I don't know how I would function without this, but it is a pencil holder that goes on your hat. They are ten ninety nine. Uh, you know, actually, I'm going to share my screen with you because I've got it pulled up on the old. Uh, Let's take a look, and I'm going to show it to you. Now, remember, you may post this, so close all them other tabs out. Right. Well, just part of it. So it they make one for a hard hat too, and I think that one is just like stickies on. But this one that you can see, it clips onto the bottom of your hat, and then it just holds a pencil. That is handy. I I never. Not well, wait a minute. How many place. come in the How many come in the pack? It's like eight of them for like ten bucks. Okay, so it's eight of them. Okay. Yeah, they're like a dollar something a piece. Like yeah. it's it's ridiculous not to have one on every hat. But I I don't know how I would function without it. Because you know you 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 know you see the guys trying to stick it up underneath their hat or they're yeah. trying to stick it behind their ear and it and falls they have graphite off. all on the side of their oh tip. yeah you know <laughs> you can't or the guy who who puts the ha- the pencil in a different place every time yep you know but what's funny is is when I go like when I go to do measurements a lot of times I'll put on I try my best to like not go from the shop to a measurements like mm-hmm. I try to do mine in the evening so I try to take a shower change clothes. So a lot of times I've got on like a a branded hat, but I don't have on a branded hat that has a pencil holder on it. So while I'm trying to do the measurements, though, I can't find the pen. Like I am so ingrained that I should go right here to get my pencil. Yeah. That while I'm trying to do measurements in a customer's house, I can't find the daggum (laughs) pen that I've put. And I'm constantly like patting myself down like I'm looking for contraband on my own person. Creatures Um, of habit. I know, but I love it. I it like I said, it's they're on Amazon. It's ten ninety nine for a five pack. Um, so I think it's a super cool little tool, um, to go with. And then, so what was your what was the other category like? Just tool of the week. Tool of the week. Man. Now there's no rules. It could be something you don't even have. It could be something new that you saw that you're interested in, which is almost what I what I mentioned. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my tool of the week for this week because I just bought them and I'm super stoked about them. I ordered a set of the uh, Milwaukee Red Stick levels. Ooh, so, I remember you ordering those. Did they yeah, come in? so they finally came in. Um, 
these are not the levels that like you can run in Home Depot and pick up. Like they're not in store. You have to order these. They are very, very much in line with the Stabilis. Like when I got them, like when the lady handed them to me, I was like, what is it? Oh my God, this is heavy. Yeah. They are, they're heavy. Like they are. Um, so it's a four pack. So it's a 72 inch, a 48 inch, a 24 inch, and then a torpedo level. All right. Um, 250 ish dollars, I think somewhere around there. Super nice carrying case. I think that's kind of the selling point. That was the selling point on the Stabilas is like that you can, the case, all of the levels fit in a case and you just grab that one case and you got them all. Well, Milwaukee did the same thing. Uh, I would say that the case is a lot nicer than the Stabila case, though. Watch um, it now. I Easy. Have to, I, I have to. The Stabila, like, shoulder strap is just a string. This yeah. has got the shoulder pad. It's adjustable. It's kind of nice. The only thing I don't love is the 24-inch, which is probably your most – and I guess that's the way they did this. The reason why they did this is it's probably your most used level, the, the 24. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in this pouch – the ends are exposed, so it kind of like Velcros around it and holds it in. But it, it Velcros the full length of it. Now, like we're not talking about like just a little strap that goes over it. It okay. fully encases it, but the tops are kind of exposed. I kind of wish it slid down inside of a pocket. But other than that, it' super nice. I've been super impressed with them. Got this big install coming up this week, so I'm really excited to actually break those out and and put them on site for the first time and and see. But the vials on them, man. The level, the the leveling vials are gigantic. Like, I, I think I think you could see them from across the room. I mean, it is it is nuts <laughs> how big they are, and they're they're a, a a little bit greener than what you normally see. Kind of like they're, a fluorescent or something, almost maybe? like a fluorescent. Like they're calling it like a high vis. Yeah. Um, and it's but it's super bright, and um, I, I'm actually really stoked about you know running them, but. I feel like it was a good set. I, I was trying to buy a set of Stabilas. You can get some used Stabilas or some uh, refurbished Stabilas online for like three fifty ish, but the turnaround time on them was really long. And I found these. They review. Do you do your research? Review. I thought they reviewed pretty in line with the Stabilas, and um, for a good bit cheaper. So I, I, I am a I am a buy once, cry once kind of guy. I try not to buy. I try not to buy the cheapest, but I I. I can't always avoid the best well but i want to save up i would rather save up and buy the higher end than i would to buy cheap and buy it twice exactly and especially with levels hey buddy you set a yeah. whole house full of cabinets yes. and your levels off now we check our levels every time but i've bought several levels i forgot a level running the hardware store get yeah. the cheapest one and it's like five degrees off it's yeah. horrible your level is very important. Get get a good level. That that is. And I run a laser a lot too. I yeah, mean, I, I keep yeah. a laser in the truck. Yeah, I do too. I run. Do you run the Bosch or the Bosch? Yeah, I run that Bosch, the green one. It does mm-hmm. pretty. Eats through batteries, man. It's that green. It's that high. Yeah. That that frequency that makes green laser. It eats through them, but you know, throw throw a pack of batteries on the trailer, move on with your life as part of them. Well, I love a laser. You can't That's argue handy. with it. Nope. Can't argue it's, with a laser. It's hard to, it's hard to argue with. Well, buddy. So I, think, I got, go while ahead. we're here, okay. real quick, real quick. Are we going to sing anniversary one more time? No, no. Okay. Happy anniversary, by the way. Um, The 
That needs to be the name of this one. Happy anniversary, by the way. <laughs> Everybody's going to think it's our anniversary. <laughs> you just started. What do you mean, happy anniversary? Uh, I talked to Steve today, and I said, hey, man, how you feel about coming in and, and doing a little, you know, a little plug at the beginning? He was like, I'm down, buddy. He is okay. down. So I got that going. Gotcha. Uh, we got a special shout-out per request this week from uh, Mike Keller. Okay. He runs Southern Sweet Bee Honey. Oh, I remember him. Yep. The Honey Man. Yeah. Um, he he does, really got your uh, your woodworking career kind of kicked off with. I owe a lot to Mike. Yeah. I really do. He was, he's going to tell you like it is. And when I was talking about buying this place, I called him. He was one, he's on my short list. Yeah. And he's, he's so positive, dude. And he's like, man, you can do it. Yes, you can do it, dude. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Mitch you built can a buy ton of honey stands for for Mike. Uh, a lot of honey stands. A lot of honey stands, and that, I, mean, I mean, nice like for retail. Went into uh, what Fresh Market and like you know, Whole Foods, Fresh Whole Foods Market, like herb that, yeah. shops. You know, fancy places and stuff. They were super and, pretty. And actually, fun fact: Mike paid before I bought the cabinet shop. A few years before that. We had an artist that was doing, because I laser engraved different things on the honey display stands. That's right. And you can see all this at Southern Sweet Bee. Look him up on Facebook. You know, you can see his whole operation. He's very open about what he does. Super great guy. Anyway, he called me and said, happy birthday. I said, thanks, man. He goes, I got you a present, but I kind of have to tell you what it is because you have to do it. And I was like, okay, what is it? He actually is the one that paid for my logo to be made. Oh, my, I remember you telling me that a customer paid yeah. for it. I forgot who it was. Yep, my official logo. He And I'm not going to tell you how much it was, but it was way more than I would have paid to have a logo done. But he paid her, and yeah. he said, you need a logo, man. And when I bought the cabinet shop, I used to charge him next to nothing to make these display cabinets because it was a hobby shop, you know. Right. And he's like, I'm paying you. He's pretty much paying me triple what he used to pay. And that was his idea because he was like, you got to make a living now. I'm not taking it for any less than this. I said, that's who he is. Yeah. And he Those said, are real friends. Yep. And you can buy his honey, and he makes candles, too. You can buy them anywhere. They're online. I think they're on Amazon and all that, but look him up. Super great guy. He makes, them all, he makes everything. He makes it. If you nice. get a candle, he made it. It's not some big factory somewhere. But anyway, he said, I, he called me a while ago, and I said, hey, we're recording. You know, I have to call you back. And he said, well, give him a shout-out from – Southern Sweet Bee. So anyway, that was, and he he is going to come buzz on. Buzz, there, Southern Sweet Bee. Yep, he wants to come on, and he's got a he's he's been raising bees since, um, nineteen eighty, I think. And it's a good thing to have. I mean, if you're in the remodel, if you're in the you know in the business of working on homes, the odds are you could come across you could come across a a hive that is in yep. migration or that has you know made a home in an older home or something and you need it removed you don't don't kill them please don't kill them don't kill honeybees i am not a i am not a tree hugger and i am not you know but we need them they're part of the (laughs) ecosystem that we need they're not like a snake you kill every snake you see we we need bees don't kill them and he raises a a pile of 
here comes another train, by the way, you might hear. But anyway, he wanted to give a shout-out, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him that because I owe a lot to Mike. And he's going to come on. And okay. I talked to a builder the other day. He said, sign me up. I want to come on. So, dude, I'm I'm excited, man. We're going to have some uh, – Sensei said he doesn't know if he wants to be on the radio or not. Well, so, you know, I didn't bother to, to – Again, correct. just try to persuade him it's not the radio, it's the internet, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> But we've got some guests coming up, man. I mean, my brother said, my brother asked me, was this a PG show or not? And I said, well, you know, we try to keep it PG. Well, we and can bring like, him well, on, but we may need an interpreter for people who are not from the South. Uh, yeah, yeah. He said, we'll do a whiskey sampling on there. And he's just, listen, guys, he's not some raging alcoholic. He's just, he's funny. But anyway, he's he's willing to come on. So I'm excited. We're going to have some. I have some, some. I have some stories that I want to ask him his side of. So <laughs> he'll tell you. Yeah, I know he will. I know he will. <laughs> He'll tell you, but we got to get it. We got to get it all set up. We got to figure out if people can call in. I don't. I'm not sure or whatever. But anyway, I'm excited, man. We got. Look, we're got still some... figuring out the technology for just the two of us. So yeah. give us a little bit of time. Subscribe. Show us that we're doing okay and that you're going to actually listen to these people if we bring them on. Yep. Give us a little bit of a following so that uh, they feel like they're not completely wasting their time. And then, yep. um, you know, but we're looking forward to it. That's right, man. I'm I'm excited. We're getting cover art done. We got a lot of that. Cover art, cover art is in production right now. So if we're you're really listening busy. to this, you'll have already seen the cover art, but you'll know that we recorded it while it was still being drawn. Does that mean? And sense? right now, we really don't know what the the actual some of the cover art is going to look like, do we? Right well, now, we, this we we know one that it's not going to look like because we denied that <laughs> we denied that draft yesterday when it looked like. Uh, it looked like the two of us driving a taxi cab with our logo as an air freshener. Uh, we I got we sent that one back right with a no. Yeah, <laughs> we're, uh, no, this is not what we're thinking. That's right. But anyway, I, dude, I'm we, we, it's all it's all coming together. I, I keep wanting to say y'all be patient, but I keep forgetting that all this is handled by the time they get to this episode. Just a matter of fact, it's, hey, it's old news by now. Hey, we appreciate your patience. How about that? <laughs> we we do appreciate your patience. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it again, buddy. Always, I, we need let's let we'll let this be the last one because I think by the next episode, by the time it airs, we will have email addresses available that we're going to post. Yeah, um, but for those who know how to get in touch with us, I think we need one last password to know that they made it to the very end. Easy, I got it. Unless you want to come up with one, I don't. I, mean, I feel still. like you, I feel like I know what you're going to say. <laughs> so on three, we'll say it, and we'll okay. see. I'm going to see if I'm right. So okay. one, two, three, honeybee anniversary. Oh crap! What What'd you say? <laughs> I thought it was honeybee. Honeybee. <laughs> no, the whole theme has been anniversary. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, it was just the last thing we talked about, so it was like the last thing on my mind. You know, I'm kind of kind of short memory like that. That's yeah, all right. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anniversary would be a great one, um, but man, yeah, eighteen years to you and and the bride, man, that's yep. It, She's it on the seems, way right now. I got to go take her out to eat tonight. So it seems like just yesterday. Well, yeah, you guys got married. Yeah, but uh, we were man, youngins that knew everything, <laughs> right? <laughs> Ready to conquer the world. Oh yeah, yeah. You couldn't tell us nothing, buddy. Who would have thought? But man, yeah. happy happy anniversary to you too. Uh, glad to see. Uh, the way that you guys have met all the challenges that have have faced over the last 18 years and that you've conquered them and uh, best of luck to you in the challenges that lie ahead because we all know that in marriage you face those every day 
yep. and it's just part of it is to to meet in the middle and to try to push forward together because when one pushes more than the other one it starts to kind of do like a traco and spin around in circles that's right so yep. um it, it, it's a process it takes two people and you know we, we wish the best of luck to you guys uh thanks for listening uh we appreciate all of our our family and the 10 other friends that we've collected by now hopefully we've, <laughs> we've, hopefully we're moving the needle a little bit yeah keep and, your eye on that social media we're going to be posting man we're going to be yeah posting. for sure uh subscribe please subscribe to the to the podcast in some form or fashion uh find us over on youtube uh, we'll post YouTube shorts over there, um, and eventually we'll do full episodes if we can muster up the courage to put our faces on for longer than five minutes at a time. Yeah. Um, but follow us over there at The Style Boys on YouTube is how you find us there. And then on social media at Off The Rails on Facebook and Instagram. And have a safe week. Make some projects take on a challenge that you've been wanting to take on and you've been putting it off start start making progress towards taking it on and we will uh, see yep. you in a week buddy keep all 10 fingers all That's of the idea <laughs> all right man be safe and uh all right we appreciate it see you bud bye